0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. Here, we'll discuss everything related to the wide world of automobiles, including culture, news, games, interviews, and events. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey, 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 everyone. I got the story to tell you. I've been working on an article for... It's basically been the better part of two weeks. And the title is... Actually, hold on, hold on. Can I make an observation? They took the one key part out that I, I liked about that article, any about this article. Anyway, though, it's carlosophy, car and philosophy. Can Europe make a muscle car? And I asked this question, or I posed this question to myself because I used to be on a site called Car Throttle, or I say I used to be, I used to be active on a site called Car Throttle. That's a, that's a far better way to put it. This argument about the can Europe make a muscle car or is there a European muscle car or, you know, basically that lasted at least a week. It was, but a good five days of of nonstop uh, arguing, and that was at a time where I was very inactive on car throttle. So much so, I I honestly thought about dipping my toe into 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 that discussion, into that argument, really. But considering how inactive I was, and I had way better things to do with my time, I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna let this one slide. I've never actually stopped thinking about that question, though. It's a very controversial question, because frankly, just asking it, you'll get a bunch of different replies, as this article (laughs) uh, proves. But I I decided I'd set out and dip my toe, or, you know, give my opinion, my two cents, on what I believe the answer is. And I'm not going to read this article word for word, no. As, as much as I find my own article interesting, I don't want to read it all, I'm a little tired. That's just not going to happen. I will, however, link it so you guys can read it for yourself, and I think it'll be more interesting that way because you'll miss a few things. Uh, and if I read it, it, this article, this frankly this podcast, probably wouldn't get to the end of it. At the very least, not quickly, without me omitting a handful of things. So, currently, this article, it's my best performing article ever ever bar none no article has ever gotten close and the articles that have done best for me have been my viper articles and those they don't they haven't done bad but to make a point the last one got 84 85 out which isn't bad which is actually really good but 17 comments not a very good ratio the toys one i did it was a hot it was my hot wheels viper versus a majorette viper versus an auto world viper that got 65 upvotes and 23 comments. And, and let me make a point, the upvote-to-comment ratio usually is pretty skewed. Not this time. Not this time. This time, it has 158 upvotes, or bumps as they call it on on uh, on DriveTribe, and 97 comments. A good about 50 of which, well, about 40, actually, I've currently replied to. So, let me make this point again. This is a very controversial topic, and if you're starting to feel bad that I didn't know what I was getting into, no, no, do not feel bad for me. I knew exactly what I was getting myself into when I decided to pose this question. Okay, I knew exactly what I was doing. I didn't think it'd be this bad. I didn't think it'd be this much. I thought at least 50 comments, but I didn't think it'd be this much. But anyway... So like I said, we're not here to talk, we're here to talk about some of the funny comments. Some of the funny comments that I've gotten, and most of them, most of them actually are. Most of them are pretty serious. And, and when I say serious, I mean they, you know, they pertain to the article at hand, and they don't make a lot of jokes. If, if ever, really. Um, oh, and also, I've never had this many comments on DriveTribe. I mean, there was another one that got relatively close. I've never gotten this far on Drive DriveTribe in terms, in terms of comments. But yeah, so, like I said, I'll link it in the description of this article, but, oh yeah. Oh yeah, there, there's a lot of comments I'm just going through right now. Alright, so, here's the first one. This is actually, I guess they meant to reply to, themse- to themselves. that At the end, they say, my point is muscle cars should be outrageous, almost to the point of being stupid. European cars are the opposite, and for good reason these cars would just be stupid in europe and then they they go back and say sorry i meant that the cars would look stupid not that europeans would (laughs) i I don't i don't know if he just kind of panicked there and i haven't read the full post but it's a little funny to me it it was just a little funny to me that he made that clarification and that, that that came from paul banning that comment both came from paul banning The next one comes from Jeremy Bradford. He says, and this was five hours ago, I expected the comments comments to be a carnival of idiots. I'm disappointed. Good article. (laughs) That that, that one was also pretty good. This one, less less funny, but very true. One of the longest articles I have ever read, but worth it. The next one from Suicidal Downhiller says, Does this mean eco... Does this mean EcoBoost Mustangs are out of the list, and I suppose they mean of muscle cars? And I said, you know, depends. This is the one comment I, that I made out that I'll actually read. Depends. Do you think the V6 Challenger is a muscle car? Or do you think a V6... Or, or powerful. Do you think a... Or do you think a powerful V6 Challenger would be a muscle car? If not, to all of the non-VA-powered Challengers, Mustangs, and Camaros, then there is one label that seems to fit. pony car. And I'll admit I'm not very well versed on what it means for a vehicle to be a pony car. However, I thought one thing that is sort of agreed on is that they don't need to have a V8. In which case, stuff like the EcoBoost Mustang, four-cylinder Camaro, and a powerful V6 Challenger would probably be called, would probably be called pony cars, which would be pushing it for the Challenger because it's bigger than both the, the Mustang and Camaro. And then they they reply to me: the closest thing to EcoBoost to an EcoBoost Mustang in my mind is a Sylvia S15. And at that point, I just give up on the definition. <laughs> and then this this one, this comment comes from Petrosexual Bed. And I, I really like the I really like their, their conciseness in this comment. They were very su- succinct, succinct. They said, for mess sakes. <laughs> and I even replied, I said, I highly appreciate that you kept your comment short and sweet. I don't care that they don't agree. But all they said was, for mess sakes. That's it. I... I'm sorry, it's funny. That one, that's funny to me. They just kept it short, even though they disagreed. That was great. Here's another one. This one comes from JP Taxa. Quite simply, can? Quite simply. Quite simply, can they? Yes. Will they? No. Too busy releasing electric appliances. Besides, even if they made one, it will never be affordable. So it fails one of the requirements. Then this This one's less funny, but I kind of feel like it was, Um. there's this comment, it's less funny. But I kind of feel like it was, um, either way, this comes from Luca Reuter. I'm sorry if I got your name wrong. He said, they should leave muscle cars to the ones who came up with it. And I said, in that case, Chrysler Corporation or the brands would be the only ones with minivans. And my point there being just because some people, you know, just because America may be the, whoever, whichever brand created, I don't care to get into that argument. You know, just because America might've been the, might've been the originators of the muscle car doesn't mean that others you know, the other people, other brands, nationalities, whatever, can't have their go or say in the argument as well. And then someone mentioned the de- the Day to Muscle Long Longchamp. Someone actually mentioned the Longchamp, which I didn't... Not only did I not think about it, even if I had, I probably wouldn't have included it. Because trying to find pictures and stats and all that kind of stuff on on something like that would have been a pain but they said the dates once muscle long champ is a muscle car and I said, I can agree with that. The only question I have for you is how expensive is it? They said 35 to 40,000, I'm assuming euros. And I said, is that period correct? Uh, cause I was I was asking, cause I wanted to know, was that, is that 30,000 or 40,000 back then? Cause then I could have used a, uh, an inflation calculator to figure out how much, how expensive that would be uh, today. But yeah, that's, that's it's so a There's way more comments, but that's, those are some of the more interesting ones. Uh, and I haven't, like I said, I'm not even done replying to them all, so it's, you know, it's been a very, it's gonna be a long time before I'm <laughs> done replying to, uh, to all the comments. But, you know, thank you, thank you to everyone for the comments, uh, those who agreed for the most part, those who disagreed for the most part, and those who just outright disagreed. I find, I find it interesting that even on Car, th- even on DriveTrop, which is far more mature and I think has a better community now than Car Throttle, that the opinions are basically still the same. Most people would say no and most people would say no, uh, Europe can't you know Europe can't make a muscle car. but you know I obviously I obviously disagree. Uh, however, I have said quite a few caveats. but yeah so that's that's that for now. We're gonna take a short break and we'll get on to the news. So anyway, I will see you after that.
1: Are you uninsured or underinsured? Can't afford the high premiums of health insurance? Would you like to save money on your out-of-pocket cost for dental and medical bills? If you answered yes to any of these questions, request more information at http colon slash slash www.ownyourhealthcare.com slash alternative dash healthcare dash solutions or call dr taffy at 303-576-0670 our plans are available in 42 states
0: and i might have forgotten to have mentioned this but please go check out the article (laughs) because this it's my magnum opus it is my magnum opus. It is the longest article I've ever done in my gosh darn life. It's it was it's 4,300 words, if I remember correctly. When I flat, when I remember finishing it last, so it's a very very long article. I put a lot of work and effort into this, including the research, and so it. it I'm very pleased that it's gotten this far because I think it certainly deserves all the attention it's getting. And also, if you guys were watching my Twitter, you might have seen this. Coast car conundrum has been awarded as one of the top podcasts on the web. It's been awarded one of the top podcasts on the web via Feedspot and we are we're in I believe we're in 12th place, which is pretty good actually considering 3 years we've gotten how many how many downloads are we at? Let me go check. But yeah, I'm very very much I'm very happy with 12th. I I'm surprised. We're, honestly, I'm I'm glad I'm very very happy that A, we're that high up on the list, and B, we're on the list at all. I'll probably put the link down for this as well so you can see for yourselves. You guys have made this happen. So thank you. Keep listening. Keep watching, sharing, doing whatever. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying and supporting this show. I've been having a lot of fun doing it. It gives me something to do on the weekends. Well, on Sunday, that's not just gaming. (laughs) Oh, right. I actually forgot a little bit of news. Where is it? I forgot a little bit of news. From Geneva last time, mostly because I either I for no, yeah, I for I forgot because I had it on a different website. Uh, once again, this is courtesy of my friends at Mopar Insiders. The Alfa Romeo, sorry, <laughs> Alfa Romeo debuts Tonal Performance SUV concept. This concept shows Alfa's intent to enter the premium compact UV segment. And uh, if any of you have seen the Tonal, you'll probably seen the comments about what that sounds like. And if you, you know, the tonal sounds like toenail i can't get it i can't unsee that either i can't unsee it and i can't unhear it every time i say tonal i can't so thank you all you buggers on the internet because now i can't unhear or see t- toenail every time i see or hear tonal this morning at the geneva international motor Sh- motor show in geneva switzerland the alfa romeo brand showed the public what the future of the Alfa Romeo brand is going to look like, or at the very least of what this vehicle is going to look like, I suppose. Entered the Alfa Romeo Tonal Concept. This compact SUV, which I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure they just call these CUVs, you know, compact utility vehicles. Anyway, blends performance, luxury, and function, as well as efficiency. The Tonal Concept also shows Alfa Romeo's intentions to enter the world's fastest growing segment. The name Tonal comes from the Tonal Pass, which is not far away from the Stelvio Pass in the Alps. The Tonal Pass is a large, natural amphitheater famous for its majestic peaks, the natural spectacle of frothy waterfalls and snow all year round in a breathtaking natural setting. While it looks similar to the Alfa Romeo Stelvio, the Tonal is injected with Alfa Romeos of the past. The gorgeous Italian design language is blended with vultuous curves and rounded edges. However, the new design language is more aggressive than the Stelbios with the front fascia that incorporates Alfa Romeo's scudetto trademark grille design that is pushed forward from its side profile. This gives the Tonal concept a more athletic side profile, like a jungle cat ready to pounce on its prey. The Alfa Romeo design team gave the Tonal a more aggressive styling front and rear by making the headlamp and taillight housings more narrow, which add to the sinisterness of the new compact SUV. Inside, the tonal concept is where it gets, it, is where it gets interesting. The driver-oriented dash layout gives the driver's peripheral focus to a 12.3-inch full digital cluster, as well as a 10.23-inch touchscreen infotainment system. The new infotainment system features a seamless multitasking interfa- interface that allows the driver to have all of its functionality at their command. While the interior is very driver-oriented, the overall layout is designed comfortably for four passengers. The hand-drawn gestural line stretched throughout the environment to create a muscular tension, as if what surrounds you is ready to lunge forward. Following theme with the front end, the emotional significance of the tunnel's interior is also generated by the contrast of rich materials, such as the cold solidity of aluminum combined with the soft and welcoming warmth of the leather and Alcantara. The interior features translucent black lit panels, such as the central tunnel, providing the perfect location for the essential Alfa Romeo element, the dynamic, natural and advanced efficiency or DNA drive mode selector. The Tonal Concepts interior provides an exclusive experience with details typically reserved for the exclusive, sorry, features an inclusive experience with details typically reserved for the exclusive. can't believe I read that wrong. My apologies. With the Tonal's DNA drive mode selector, the dynamic mode evolves into dual power and guarantees the maximum output from the two engines. The infotainment touchscreen features an E-Mazone button which offers specific throttle settings, sharper braking, and more direct steering response. Natural mode continues to maintain the best performance optimization. ...and the compromise between using electric and internal combustion engine engines is managed automatically. This translates into everyday energy and fuel savings, but not at the detriment of performance. The Advanced Efficiency Mode becomes Advanced E for performance in full electric mode. So, in line with the principles of the brand, the plug-in hybrid propulsion enhances the beauty, sporty, and dynamic driving characteristics of each Alfa Romeo taking them to a new level. While Alfa Romeo hasn't released detailed specifications on the powertrain, we believe it may be the same system found in the Renegade and Compass Febs that made their de- that made their debut in Geneva as well, which I will definitely be covering. The Jeep Febs featured the, the 1.3 liter turbo inline-four from the Renegade lineup, combined with the electric motor setup, which will make 240 horsepower. That powertrain can propel the renegade FEV from 0 to 62 in about seven seconds the Alfa Romeo Tonal introduces the world to their next generation design language as well as cements Alfa Romeo's performance legacy into the future with the aid of electrics while we won't see this exact concept make it into production we expect to see something very close to the Tonal in the Alfa Romeo lineup in 2021 as a 2022 model year vehicle the reception to the looks I think it's mostly positive but it has been a little split i like it i really really like it next we have the jeep debuts of the renegade and compass fevs also in geneva last month our so- our sources told us that the jeep brand would finally put the wraps off not only the new jeep renegade fev the plug-in hybrid electric vehicle but a compass variant as well at the geneva international motor show in geneva switzerland well, the brand did exactly that this morning with the introduction to the new Jeep FEV lineup. Both the Electrified Renegade and Compass made their debut in their off-road Trailhawk form, which proves Jeep is not sacrificing capability with its new powertrain layout. While most hybrid versions of the vehicle have a different look than their standard combustion powertrain siblings, the Jeep Renegade and Compass FEV don't look any different than a standard Renegade or Compass Trailhawk model. The most subtle difference is the introduction of of a letter E next to the 4x4 badges on the hatch of each, as well as the hood decals that that clearly state the letter and 4x4 moniker. You would be hard pressed to see huge changes in the interior over the standard model as well. However, you do get some additional buttons located near the climate controls that give you more selectability for the hybrid powertrain. Renegade and Compass Fev feature a dedicated instrument cluster and infotainment screen updated in order to help the customer with information related to daily hybrid driving, similar to what is found on the Chrysler Pacifica Hybrid. Now, let's talk about the business end of the new Renegade and Compass Fev, the powertrain. These new plug-in hybrid models are equipped with batteries that are rechargeable from an external power outlet located on the driver's side of the vehicle, as as, as well as a consequence that can store more electric energy. This choice allows for more use of more more powerful electric motors, which translate into a pure electric range of approximately 31 miles or 50 kilometers, and about 80 miles per hour or 130 kilometers an hour full electric top speed for both the Renegade and Compass. The electric units work in synergy with the new 1.3 liter turbo gasoline engine found on most 2019 Jeep Renegade models to increase efficiency and power overall. For the Renegade, the power sits in the 190 and 240 horsepower range, resulting in an outstanding on-road performance, 0 to 62 miles per hour, or 0 to 100 kilometers an hour, in approximately 7 seconds. The same figures, although still pending homologation, are achieved by the first plug-in hybrid compass. Also, on the compass, the simultaneous action of the internal combustion engine, also uh, what we shorten to ICE in the industry, and the electric motor delivers up to 240 horsepower horsepower of maximum power. In addition, the new Jeep SUVs with plug-in hybrid technology are more fun to drive, courtesy of improved acceleration and fast engine response. They are also extremely light and respectful of the environment, with CO2 emissions lower than 50 G slash KM. I actually don't know how to say that. I'll have to look it up. Thanks to electrification, the Jeep Fev lineup further improves its legendary off-road capability, courtesy of the greater torque offered by the electric motor and the ability to adjust it with extreme precision during takeoff and while driving on the most challenging terrain, where a very low transmission ratio is needed. Thanks in part to the new electric all-wheel drive technology, or EAWD, traction to the rear axle is not provided by a prop shaft but through a dedicated electric motor this allows the two axles to be separated and to control the torque independently in a more effective way than a mechanical system the jeep brand continues to evolve to develop and to bring its SUVs to the next level in line with its core of with its core values of freedom authenticity and passion today the brand is embracing a new challenge and setting new standards with jeep renegade and jeep compass featuring fed technology driving fun becomes efficient and for the first time it will become possible to tackle the most extreme off-road trails not only in the utmost safety but also while listening to the sounds of nature jeep has already announced earlier this year that electrification options will become available across all parts of the jeep lineup while no official launch dates have have been released yet we should see the renegade fev launch sometime next year as a 2020 model the Compass Fev will then probably launch later in the model year, according to our sources. I'm excited for that. 200. Imagine if the Dart had this kind of technology with 240 horsepower. That would that would have been great. Alas, though, it wasn't. It wasn't meant to be. By the way, I've just seen we had some. We've had a new person join the podcast. Terry 2000. Thanks for joining. They actually follow a lot of. the following. They have. They have their own podcast. They have the Dana Show. Ron. Annie, I'm sorry if I got your name wrong, The Car Doctor, The Car Flip Show. Basically, they follow a lot of car podcasts. So, hey, thanks for choosing Thanks for choosing Cody's Car Conundrum. Thanks for joining. I'm glad you're here. My sister in the background is making a lot of noise. Probably because she's getting destroyed at a game she's playing. No, no. Probably because something happened. Porsche 918 Hybrid Emo leaves Chris Harris gobsmacked. Mount launches sequential gear kit for the second-gen Ford Focus RS if you're wondering which one that is it's the Ford Focus RS 500 the green one that was in that Top Gear special where uh Jeremy drove it and it was up against that Renault McGann that that track special I can't remember what it was called 296 horsepower Leon Cooper RST price from 37,975 euro not euros pounds pounds maybe pounds it looks more like euros but anyway ABT Pack at 69 horsepower for $500 more. $500, 500 euros more. Anyway, I, wow, we, we've gone a little long. I gotta stop here. We need to take a break. I will see you all after said break.
1: Are you uninsured or underinsured? Can't afford the high premiums of health insurance? Would you like to save money on your out-of-pocket cost for dental and medical bills? If you answered yes to any of these questions, request more information at http colon slash slash www dot ownyourhealthcare dot com slash alternative dash healthcare dash solutions or call Dr. Taffy at three oh three dash five seven six dash zero six seven zero. Our plans are available in 42 states.
0: All right, all right, all right, we are back. Toyota invests $750 million in U.S. Plants to build RAV4, Lexus, sorry, and Lexus ES hybrids. Redux does a singer, but not on 911s. They do it on, B- on BMW's iconic E30 M3. And all I want. All I want is to give this same level of treatment and love to, to Gen 1 and 2 Vipers. Doggone it. That's all I want. <laughs> oh, let me... Before I forget, because Tesla... Tesla unveiled something recently, as some of you probably know. Yeah, so, Alright, I suppose we will just get onto it once, as soon as I find it, because I clicked the wrong thing to get to... Uh, to, get the, to get to this vehicle. If you want me to stop beating around the bush like a moron, well, it is the Model Y i am indeed talking about the model y and it's you know the when bmw used to do those gt cars the 5 series gt and the 3 series gt okay the model y is a 3 series gt to put it like that that's basically what this is the tesla model y has just premiered at a special launch event in los angeles the SUV will join the Model 3, Model S, and Model X in Tesla's range of consumer passenger vehicles, as well as the impending second-generation Tesla Roadster and Tesla semi-truck, semi-truck. sorry. Tesla will ultimately offer the Model Y in four configurations. The entry-level the entry standard range model is expected to, to arrive in spring 2021 and will be the cheapest of the four, starting at 39000 before the standard range models arrive, however, customers will have three different variants to choose from, all of, when, all of which will launch in fall of 2020. The cheapest of these three models will be the Model Y Long Range. As the name implies, this variant will focus on maximizing range and be able to cover 300 miles on a single charge, or 482 kilometers. It will also be able to reach 60 miles per hour, or 96 kilometers per per hour in 5.5 seconds and have a 130 mile per hour top speed or 290 kilometers per hour top speed it will start at $47,000. one step up in the range will get you the tesla model y dual motor all-wheel drive this variant will sacrifice 20 miles of range from the long range in favor of improved performance it will have a top speed of 135 or 217 kilometers an hour kilometers per hour and deal and do the zero to 60 run in 4.8 seconds. Pricing will be at $51,000. Last but not least will be the Tesla Model Y Performance. Thanks to a pair of powerful electric motors, this model will have a 280 mile or 450 kilometer range, a 150 mile per hour top speed, or 241 kilometers per hour top speed, and accelerate to 60 in a blistering 3.5 seconds. It has been priced at, at $60,000, or from 60000 As we long expected, the Tesla Model Y's front- Model Y's front fascia is strikingly similar to the Model 3's, its four-door sedan sibling. Consequently, the automaker's entry-level SUV has large headlights and a relatively short front overhang. Viewed from the rear, the Tesla Model Y has a similar profile to the larger Model X, but has taillights more akin to those of the Model 3. Inside, the all-electric SUV offers seating for seven and adopts the same minimalist design of the Model 3. The seven seats will be an optional extra among... Oh, sorry. And among the... Actually, it's a separate sentence. Among the key interior features is a panoramic glass roof and the automaker's horizontal 15-inch central touchscreen display. All up, the cabin offers 66 cubic feet of storage space. Tesla chief executives, chief executive, no name has been said, has big ambitions for the Model Y and claims that it could sell more examples than the Model 3 and Model S combined. Maybe. Maybe. Apparently, the fully... The full, the the configurator is live, and a fully loaded one of these model-wise is going to cost you more than seven thousand five hundred dollars. Seventy dollars not seven thousand, seventy-four thousand, more than seventy-four thousand five hundred dollars. Koenigsegg claims its one-thousand-plus horsepower hypercars are not about power but sheer excitement. Hyundai Veloster N Performance Package really loves to corner. Fiat Mobi Pickup is determined to not give anything away just yet. New Lotus to arrive in 2020 prior to next gen Elise, Exige, and Evora. Track focused Mercedes AMG GTR Pro gets 188,345 pound UK price tag. I guess it could be worse though. That's at least 210. At least 210. Maybe 220. 220, 220,000 that is. And dollars. Faraday Future selling 900 acres of land in Nevada for 40 million. Faraday Future might not be dead yet, but its plans to construct a a billion, bu- a billion bucks facility in the U.S. definitely are. You can now drive to Toyota's 2020 Super GT Cup racer on Gran Turismo. Basically, uh, supposedly they're making something like a sports series, like a Super Cup. And by Super Cup, I mean like a Viper Cup, but with Supras out of it. I really want a new Viper Cup. That would be fantastic. Happy St. Patrick's Day. BMW 3 Series GT getting the ax. Thank God. But 25 electrified models in are sorry are in the works. Did a recent recall cause Subaru and BRZ, Subaru BRZ and Scion FRS engines to die? Kind of a, I haven't said or seen the Scion FRS name in a little while. That, that threw me off. A number of Scion FRS now rebranded as the Toyota 86 and Subaru BRZ owners are claiming that their vehicles have encountered serious engine issues after being repaired as part of a recent recall. The Drive reports that approximately 35,000 2013 Subaru BRZ and Scion FRS models were, were recalled in November 2018 due to engine valve springs, which may fracture, causing an engine malfunction or a possible engine stall. As per the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, the NHTSA's notice, despite knowing about the issue for more than six years and actually starting to use new valve springs in its vehicles from May 2013, Toyota and Subaru only began notifying affected owners late last year. The recall commenced towards the end of December 2018 and stipulated that all valve springs needed to be replaced, meaning the engine has to be taken out and opened up and opened up. This is where the issues appear to have started. Roughly two dozen FRS and BRZ owners have taken to the FT 86 Club form to say that their engine suffered catastrophic failures after having their valve springs replaced. Of these failures, most relate to Scion FRS models, the author of an article at The Drive also experienced similar issues when the engine in his Scion FRS started to knock and died shortly afterwards. A dealer inspection revealed a scored crank crankcase and cylinder walls, as well as damaged connecting rod bearings. A number of members from the FC86 Club forum have described similar issues, with many also experiencing issues. Sorry, but the rod bearings some have suffered complete engine failures just a couple of weeks after their vehicles were replaced as part of the recall. We've reached out to both Toyota and Subaru regarding the issues, but have yet to receive any responses. In the meantime, members of the form su- suspect that there could be a couple of factors at play which may explain the issues. One theory is that Toyota dealerships may be improperly applying RTV sealant to the engine bays during, a- during reassembly. A repair notice issued by Subaru, makes an important note of applying the sealant correctly and asserts that any contamination left behind can cause the the check engine light to illuminate and or other issues to develop, resulting in a comeback. Some forum users also suspect that more FRS models are experiencing engine failures due to the inexperience of Toyota employees working on Subaru's boxer engines. We will update this article when we hear back from Toyota and Subaru, so so stay tuned. Oh dear, that's sad. Anyway, I'm actually going to cut it here a little bit short. But the last one went long. I hope you all enjoyed. The Denver Auto Show is coming up. I will be there. Is it? It's literally in ten days. Yeah, it's in ten days on Wednesday. So there will be a podcast, obviously, on the 24th, and then we'll probably have a you know some kind of auto show special after that but I'm very excited. I'm going with RMAP again because I'm a media member. So anyway, I hope y'all enjoyed. Don't forget to check out, don't forget to check out my article and don't forget to check out that, uh, the award that we won from the, from Feedspot. Anyway, like I said, hope you enjoyed. I'll see you soon. The auto show's coming up. Get ready for that. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars if I'm being honest.